jazz age living. Whole fashion sipping. Pizzazz ain't missing. Got the fat cats kissing the top. Bring the old age. So, a little, uh, I guess a little preamble here. First, first, first off, welcome to episode twelve. Welcome to episode twelve. Everybody. Welcome to episode twelve. Uh, we thought uh, Doggy Juice, as uh, I've been referring to him on all of the Instagram posts, uh, Mike was gonna come to uh, Sean's place, <laughs> and uh, that that didn't happen at all. And uh, that was definitely my fault. Lost in translation. Exhibit A: the empty yet beautiful high back leather chair with a microphone yeah. and no body in it yet but we'll get some you know holographic projection in there for him on the on the post cast editing yeah Dude, we wanted we, to keep it there though I, i'm honored to, to be on here guys one. i'm honored to be on here and sorry yeah the misunderstanding was definitely partially my fault um, i'm not even living in chicago at the moment and <laughs> Um, honestly, so like we're I, close. I, I told I told you guys pre eleven a.m. on a college basketball Saturday. I wouldn't even if my mom called me with uh, with a family emergency. She would <laughs> be able to get me over to her house. Uh, college basketball markets are, are quite busy right now, so. So uh, that's that, that that's how much this episode means to you, viewers. Doggy <laughs> Juice is taking time away from a family emergency to be here with you. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, Mike, do you want to kind of give a little background on yourself? Uh, I'll, I'll give a little back, brief background here. Uh, I met you through uh, the Sunday Punch co-founder, Mike Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually did a, a, our, you know, our first podcast with you about two years ago, which obviously uh, put the idea in my brain, and it only took me two years <laughs> to finally act on it uh, in pure procrastination mode that I'm uh, accustomed to doing, but... Um, yeah, so we did that. Uh, Mike actually told me about you and your sports gambling podcast, and uh, I've been listening uh, periodically ever since, and you know you know your shit, but if you want to uh, give kind of your background and, yeah. and a little promo. Yeah, no, yeah, so you were actually one of my first guests uh, ever, Adam. I was, I think that was like episode like 14 or something like that, and that was, like you, like you said, uh, two years ago. So I started the Doggy Juice podcast uh, in September of 2018. Basically, like that year in 2018 was a super exciting time for the, the legal regulated sports betting industry here in the United States. The PASPA uh, was overturned in May of that year, basically opening the door for states to to determine and figure out if they wanted to legalize sports betting. There was no longer a federal uh, law that was preventing you know them outside of Nevada and some other carve outs for some other states, too. But uh, states were able to choose. And, and obviously um, at that moment, I mean, I was I, I was into sports betting for years before then and, and, you know, learned, uh, learned my way around that, that whole corner of the world and stuff for years. And I, I could see this opportunity coming up. So, um, you know, around the time of the PASPA, uh, law being overturned in, in that summer, I got the idea to do a podcast, uh, a few other reasons too, but I, I wanted to start it before football season that year. And, and just, you know, it was more of a passion project, just taking it, you know, where I can, where I can go. And, and, um, and yes, yeah, so I started it. It was exciting, and it was just you know for fun, just to try and you know dish out winners, try and, te- try and teach people how to how to think like a sharp sports better. It's not mm-hmm. it's not all about just like you know picking a team right before kickoff and flipping a coin. I was trying to explain you know the math and and when you're laying minus one ten vig, you got to win fifty two point three eight percent of the time just to break even uh, over time, and, and it's hard. That's how people lose. So um, yeah, so I, I ended up making a career out of the whole thing. I'm, I'm actually an attorney, a Chicago based attorney, and and um, moved into the industry career-wise. I worked for um, Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana for a year and a half. Uh, we were going to launch our sports book in Indiana first, and then COVID hit, and 
bunch of other crap hit at, at the wrong time last year, right? You know, right, that, right when the Illinois launched sports betting that week, I'll, it's a week I'll never forget, March 9th. And then obviously we know two days later, Rudy Gobert <laughs> happened, and and uh, the next Monday couldn't even go to a casino. Damn. To bets. Yeah. So yeah, hot, hot, hot. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I forgot that? about that timeline, dude. It was it was nuts. I, so I was there for the launch back in yeah, it was March 9th on Monday, and. And it was like supposed to be like my 15 minutes, man. I got interviewed by ABC, NBC, and, and I got and I, I got on. Dude, like that was the, your chance. They, they did this like you know they they got me on the six o'clock news that day. You know, just talking about the the launch and everything, and and you know made my first bets. They were taking videos and stuff. And it was supposed to be like my 15 minutes of fame. And then so I was telling family, I'm like, hey, turn on the 10 o'clock news tonight. I'm, you know, you guys will watch. And then the the, the 10 o'clock news happens, and this fucking COVID thing took over. <laughs> And so they ended up not even, you know, they condensed the sports betting bit to like, you know, a 20 second bit and carved out my interview and stuff. And, and I was like, this goddamn oh COVID-19 thing, man, is that no one's going to remember in three months is taking away. I was, my- thinking, <laughs> I was literally just thinking about that on my walk over because I was listening to my buddy who will play on the outro. Uh, Rio uh, Peterson has a, has a good song called The Puppet. And I was just like, you know. It's crazy, like the the talent out there, but you need your chance, right? You need your opportunity, and I wonder, like, how many, just like, you know, in addition to you getting crushed, um, how many just like musicians that were on the verge, oh you know, God. they're doing live right. shows, right? <laughs> they're yeah. just almost there. Record and, deals disappeared. Yeah, and it was just like, oh no, dude, like you're you're a live performer. Venues you were canceled. almost there, but crushing, man. but sorry, you know, I wonder. Uh, that had to have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I mean, they my, don't my know stepbrother, it yet, uh, my, the guy who does ruined. my my podcast, um, my my theme song. He he lives out. My stepbrother. He, he lived out. He moved out to L.A. in October of 2019. Oh. To to he's a professional musician and he started playing live shows and three months later, you know, it's he's been out there since and he's just been. I mean, what what's it been now? It's been uh, about a year and three months. He's been there. I think he had three months worth of of live shows. Now he's just oh. it's fucked, man. It's just brutal. What's the plan? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just wait for this thing to to play out. I mean, hope that immunize everybody. Yeah, yeah, immunize it, everybody. It, it hit everyone. Dude. I, I had to cancel my damn wedding last year. I had even that same that Monday when I was at the casino. I, I was on the phone. I my buddy Sam Podianovich, who's uh, he works for Nesson now. He 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 used to be on like Comcast and stuff. But he got me on the phone with John Murray, who's the the Westgate uh, Casino Sportsbook Director in, in Vegas. And he told my bachelor party was planned for. For the final four Saturday, I got the word from him yeah. himself that he was waiving the fees. We're getting VIP sec, you know, VIP oh. for for the final four at the Westgate, <laughs> and I was, you know, telling all my friends and shit, I'm like, guys, you know, this is like the the dream come true. And then three days later, we had to cancel it. You know, cancel the wedding. Oh, you canceled it that quick? I yeah, would have still yeah. been. I would have gone up to like the last day. Dude, we tried. <laughs> yeah, some of my buddies were like, no, no, screw this shit. We're we're still no, going. You know, it's gonna do trust I was, us. I was like, guys, like you know, like legally, I don't think we could go. You know, we could, we, could, we could break in and try and turn on the screens if you want. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that had to be brutal. It, you've, I think Mike told me that you've been to uh, Vegas before for March Madness. Um, I, no, I actually that, never like, have. first to opening weekend. I never oh, have. No, that that's my uh, that's my bucket list thing. It, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, you know, a few years ago. That's my dream to do that, but now that I've got like seriously into the into the sports betting and stuff, it's that's my like I'm super busy that that time, so yeah. I wouldn't like be able to like it's just my eyes on the markets the whole time, and so like I that's why I planned it for last year for the Final Four where you know it's just two games, but if it's the opening weekend, I still want to do it, but it's just. It'll be me in front of a computer freaking out and everybody else watching the games because I don't really so, watch the games, man. Like, not as much. Yeah, so so, so to, to, to that point there, Mike, you know, I think I'm, I'm certainly naive in this way, but, 
you know, you mentioned that this is a Saturday morning. Normally you'd just be, you know, absolutely working from basically the moment you were awake getting that first cup of coffee. Walk us through kind of like what a day looks like for you on an average Saturday, Sunday, where a lot of sports are on, a lot of stuff's going on. What is, what is kind of your moment from like you brush your teeth, you sit down and then what starts happening? So it's, it's changed for me now, just because now I'm working in the compliance uh, legal side for a, a sports book that we're, we're looking to launch a, a play up. You can, we've been on the news this week. It's been pretty nice. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm working on the operational compliance side for a book. So it's really going to change my process uh, moving forward and especially right now. But, you know, before, you know, this new gig the, the past couple of weeks, usually Saturday mornings and, and Sundays, you know, before, I mean, I, I'm even up like late on Friday nights, college football markets are, you know, it depends on the, on the time of year and, and what, market we're talking about and what sport, but really, you know, from college football season through March Madness, every Saturday, Sunday in the morning is, is primo busy time. And it's, you know, it's really, uh, most of the bets I lock in for football are when the bets are, you know, are when the bets are posted, 80 to 90% of my action is, is the week, you know, before the game even takes place. Okay. Um, when the, you know, when the numbers come out, but sometimes, you know, you get props that are posted a day or two or even the same day of the game. That's those markets are softer. So those are ones that I'll attack. And then sometimes you get some line moves that are that are late that open up value. So it's just really monitoring the markets. And and that the time of year where it's college football and college basketball at the same time is the most busy time. That's where it's you know, I wouldn't even go to my own like close family members funeral at that point uh, just because it's just, there's too much there's too much going on and, um but yeah no it's 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 busy yeah but in the mornings that's where all the action's happening before especially on a, on a sunday nfl before noon you know it's and you guys know that feeling of being busy setting your your dfs lineups and your fantasy lineups yeah. before noon and you know when you incorporate sports betting too these markets are moving Oof. pretty quick um in the morning when all the public money starts coming in so uh yeah it's it's busy man it's and it's every market's different. So it's really the answer depends on the time of year and, and what sport you're talking about too. I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of, you know, some of the more kind of casual betting or, you know, just kind of yelling at friends at, that happens at sports bars is who's going to win this game, right? Simplest yep. bet heads up, who's going to win. But if you don't mind kind of walk us through some of the most common, like simplest to most complex bets that might occur or might exist on, on a given, let's say, let's just call it a college hoops day. Well, yeah. So, so I always tell people this, like when they're, when you have those arguments in the, in the bars, who's going to win a game. When, when you ask me like who I like in a game, my answer is always, what's your number? Because I, there's a number, you know, there's some teams I just don't want to touch at all, but like, there's always a number I'll bet on a certain side. So it's all, you know, that's mm. really what it comes down to is, you know, if you're, if it's like the bulls, for example, and they're playing, you know, the, they're playing the nets when the nets have all three and maybe the nets are a bad example right now, but um, you know, they're, they're playing, <laughs> if they're playing, let's say they're playing the Lakers at full strength and, and, you know, there's going to be a number where I'm going to bet the Lakers. There's going to be a number where I'm going to bet the Bulls. And it's obviously going to be a lot of points. And But, you know, getting your mind in that in that mindset, I think, is really what frees you for sports betting. It's cause really it's about betting numbers and not teams. Um, but, yeah, so, like, in terms of, like, the actual process itself, it's, you know, it, it's it's busy. It depends on the sport. And I don't know if you like what specifics you want me to go into there when it comes to, to actually individual sports. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking like, hey, I, I predict, you know, the, in your example, that the Bulls are going to win this game and I, I want to get this many points uh, going for the Bulls if the Lakers are favored um, versus like, 
what's a what's a prop bet in the moment and then you know i know in nfl betting you can you know tease bets like okay i'll give up three points at the line here to add to the over over there so i think, I think there's there, there's got to be like infinite yeah. number of permutations for this kind of stuff yeah no yeah so there's there's a bunch of different ways to bet obviously your, uh, your straight bets on sides and totals is you know what's 80 percent of what or 85 percent of what people are betting right now Mm. Uh, pre you know, flop bets too. Uh, although in in play wagering is really picking up steam in America right now and, and overseas mm-hmm. in Europe, that's seventy percent of the handle is is live bets that are after the game starts, and that's we're moving. And that is like who who scores the next touchdown kind of thing. Well, right? well, no, that even that sides and totals too. But you can yeah, you can get to that stuff, and that's what's exciting about the sports betting space right now is all this new technology is coming out there, and it's allowing it's it's faster, and it's allowing uh, operators to offer markets like that you know next team to score obviously those are smaller limits and and you're mm-hmm. going to pay more juice more vigorous on those but um those markets are are available now and that's you know that's those are fun to play and those are softer markets those are beatable for sure um but nice. you know so sides and totals your typical you know teasers and I, I always tell people to steer clear of parlays unless they're correlated because those are just trust me on the bookmaking side that's that they want you to play parlays and stuff there's a reason why you're seeing all okay. the parlay advertising and stuff but yeah it's what so many different by correlated a correlated parlay. So a good example of that would be, um, I mean, and some books won't even let you do these. They, they guard against them. But uh, let's say there's a low total with a big favorite. Um, so let's say that the totals, like an army game. Let's say army's playing someone. Let's, um, and, and they're, Call it Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, so it's, we'll say army's playing like a team that's like a two touchdown favorite over army, but the total's 40. And usually the rule of thumb is if it's, if it's less than four to one, the ratio the book won't even let you because it's so correlated so it's mm. so like so 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 taking the points with army and the under is correlated because if the game stays under it's more likely that army's going to cover that two touchdown spread you know okay. and vice versa with um with you know the team that's favored over army let's say it's alabama favored by three touchdowns with a total of 40 you know if the game's going to go over it's probably because alabama's putting up touchdowns and scoring points Run so that, that's correlated as well like I told my, um, I'm, I'm one of those guys to flip the coin. Uh, you know, I got a feeling, guys, <laughs> and uh, you know, well, that's fun. That's fine. About the ones I get right, but I did call that Alabama game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That team is uh, so good. Yeah, my brother texted me. He's like, "Should I trust you? Because you also picked the Bills to <laughs> to, <laughs> to to beat the uh, spread and also the Bears to cover." <laughs> <laughs> which well, that bears which neither happened. Yeah. That, that oh, bears the NFL to me, the NFL is complete crapshoot. Like you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Like what what's like one of the easier sports you think like um, you know, data-wise, statistically-wise that you can kind of look and and kind of uh accurately predict the most. So yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. By far the hardest sport to beat is the NFL, especially when you're trying to beat the NFL on game day. The market's it's so much it's so much liquidity. Those lines are so sharp to begin with, but then they're hammered out, sharpened like a knife throughout the week. And so you're flipping, mm. you're flipping coins in the NFL betting on, on a Sunday if you're trying to bet a, a game on a Sunday. But the easiest, you know, is any softer market with less liquidity, really. So it's just there's lower limits in those games as a result. So there is a trade off, but obviously you have to get to a certain level for that to be an issue. And um, but my favorite for me is college basketball, namely in totals, especially in the smaller conferences with less liquidity and there's less people betting into those games, and especially earlier in the year, too. And it's it's kind of similar with college mm-hmm. football because there's so many conferences um, and so many smaller teams. So for me personally, those smaller conference college basketball and college football is where I have my most success. But there's also like, you know, if I don't do tennis um, handicapping, but tennis is also supposed to be very beatable with mm-hmm. softer markets. But that's outside of what I do. 
I uh, never thought I, about tennis. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was never thinking about tennis or, or you know, God, I would cricket. love to be hyped for like a Federer match. <laughs> just losing it. Yeah. You're just like at your buddy's place. You're like, dude, put on Wimbledon. Like, come on. How are we not watching Federer? Fed is playing right now. I need him to win by two games. He's wearing in the second set. The pink headband is on. Come on now. <laughs> Nadal is wearing his capris. <laughs> I bet that he wouldn't wear them this time. <laughs> but uh, next yeah, serves I mean, an ace. <laughs> so, um, so there are lower limits because it's a softer market. It's like, yeah. I mean, I get like some of those. I can't even believe people are betting. Like when I see like a, sometimes I'll go on the you know the websites and just you know take a look and like some of these teams. I'm just like, who is gambling on this? <laughs> that's like that's what yeah. degenerate <laughs> from. It, it is Valley the sharp guys. State. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, those like you know those late those uh, just obscure you know Big South games and stuff. I mean, it there's plenty of more to gens out there now though too. There's especially with regulated betting, <laughs> people are looking yeah. for action, and, and there's always the you know the Hawaii joke, but it's a total thing. You can talk to any um, odds maker in Vegas and stuff, but that's a total thing. The Hawaii games get massive handle because everyone's looking for that get out game. You know, trying. Get their money back oh, when they've lost. at the end of the day. <laughs> Every time, yeah, that's a same for basketball too. It's always you know that last game, uh, so they get tons of handle I, yeah. on Hawaii games. Jeez, Louise! I was, uh, and you know nothing about the team. Yeah, it's no, just it's all emotion. It's I mean, all emotion. That, that's when you know you're a true degenerate when you're just trying to get out. With <laughs> you're the, like, with I, the I got a feeling, dude. Yeah. Has there been has there been an explosion in a lot of the the sports betting? I mean, maybe these two are correlated because you have both the legalization within states, as you've mentioned, but also people just being home from the pandemic. I mean, we, we, we didn't have sports for a while there, yeah. or at least there, it was, it was, there was hesitation about what sports would go forward and how uh, NBA bubble being, you know, probably our earliest, like solid example of a, a league or a sport taking you know, this really seriously and saying like, we can find a way to do this. Has there been any way to kind of identify that during the pandemic, there's just been a massive uptick in betting from home and, and you know, your casual betting better? Absolutely. No, like COVID-19 has, has changed. I, I think sped up a process that was going to happen anyway, um, just moving more mm. towards towards mobile betting and stuff. Like we're, we're already moving in that direction. I think it's for states that are because, you know, that's the other thing about this stuff is every state market is different. Every state law is different. And some states, you know, including Illinois, we changed ours on the fly with Governor Pritzker. You have to actually tip the cap to him because of his executive orders lifting the in-person registration requirements you can just register oh. from these apps on your on your phone that was not supposed to be a thing here for a year and a half and 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 some states like iowa didn't change it until there, there's one into effect on january 1 this year where you can register from your couch but um so th some states were uh, struggled because of that but there was definitely like a a clear just uptick like you said especially with all the sports happening at the same time uh, with people just registering and betting from their phones and you saw it reflected in the the revenue right. numbers now. I mean, New Jersey just fell south of a billion dollars in, in handle in December, which is absolutely <laughs> nuts because the whole state took in in, in 2019 New Jersey uh, 4.58. I want to say it was just off the top of my head billion dollars in handle in the whole calendar year, and there was just wow. one billion in one month alone uh, wow. last year. So it's just that's the way we're moving. And Gen Z, obviously, everyone knows that they just want to be on their couch and not talk to a human being and just, you know, and, and do <laughs> yeah. it from their phone. So it's, we're moving in that direction and states that, that have those archaic laws requiring people to go in in person and do it are, are adjusting on the fly now. And, and they're, and th those that are not adjusting are suffering as a result because they're not getting any money. People are keeping their action you know, offshore and, and with their corner bookie and stuff. How, how much do you think the, 
I, I guess, record or, you know, lifetime, you know, high of state debt has influenced states' desires to have the legalization, the regulation, the taxation of, of sports betting like that's this. Another perfect, like that's, I, I talked about this on my, on my podcast the uh, past couple episodes. This is the pandemic's podcast. It, it's, <laughs> Tune it's, in. <laughs> it's, it's forcing people, um, uh, states to change their tune. And the biggest example of that is Governor Cuomo in New York. I mean, he's been the one because sports betting is legal in New York, but you have to do it in person and they don't have, mm. they don't have mobile set up. And so everyone's driving over to New Jersey. And that's why, you know, the, New Jersey's just reaping the benefits of that. And it's because of Cuomo large and there's a, it's complicated too, but Cuomo's really been the, the one who's been, uh, the, the the one who's been keeping the stalwart hold out. Yeah, exactly. He's not letting it be, but now he's changing his tune because they're about, you know, New York city's on the verge of a financial crisis. So he's right. just a couple of weeks ago, he was all over the news for changing his, you know, his course on that. But now he's fucking it up the way he wants to set it up. And I won't get it. And we get it. He wants to do the lottery system and, and, he, and Oregon's been doing that and in DC and, and uh, no one's that? betting there. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, you are seeing, States change their tune on this, and, and they're going to get more desperate for state revenue. So you're gonna, it's going to motivate lawmakers and regulators to to uh, to go to move fast. I mean, we've seen just this week other states, even Texas, came out and out of nowhere, and that's a state you don't expect to legalize it anytime soon. Uh, but there, mm. there's some lawmakers there that are that are introducing bills as well. What's the lottery system? So, so basically, the lottery system, the way that's set up is is just the lottery controls all betting. So there's not, you know, you don't have like multiple, there's no competition. There's not like, you know, you don't have like your DraftKings and your FanDuels and stuff. Although New New Hampshire is an example of a lottery system that just contracted with one operator and that's DraftKings to handle everything. But the problem when you do that is there's no competition. And so like the line, yeah. you know, the odds are whatever they want the odds to be. You saw Montana do this actually on the first, when, I'll never forget when, Illinois sports betting launched on March 9th. Montana had just launched and uh, Montana, the odds were coming out, you know, like people were taking screenshots of the odds coming out of the book in Montana. Cause the only book, the only book in town there. And they're offering like minus minus one twenty five juice on both sides. And that's just, I mean, it's just, no one's going to bet into that. Anybody that yeah. understands sports, but even like a casual better is not going to do it for long. And it's just going to keep money offshore and stuff. And it's, and it's mm. going to keep money in the black market. And, and as a result, you've seen Montana make like no money. Same with Oregon. And you're seeing Oregon now shift the governor and, and Oregon's uh, backing a new bill that's going to reshift the way that they have their setup because they've had their setup in a, in a lottery system too for the past. I forget when they launched, but it's been a while. For those, for, yeah. for, for, for go ahead, Adam. Yeah, why why would they do that? Like, is just this some stupidity. sort of like moral high ground? Or yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, it's like it's it's their heads in the sand on it. They think that if they control it, they're going to make more money somehow. It's just like a fundamental <laughs> under, misunderstanding. They think that they can, you know, if, if they're the ones making more money. You even saw Cuomo say like last well, it's week, the government, so. he said he doesn't want to make casinos rich. He wants to make the state rich, but he doesn't understand that like that system that he's trying to put in a lottery system where they control everything is is going to be the worst system. It's just not going to work. And there's already case studies that are, that are, uh, that are playing out in that regard. So, and those policies have worked so well for New York so far. <laughs> why would he, yeah. why would he dare change? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, even without getting in political and I, I and like, I, you know, I, I don't comment on this. So it, for me, like I always say that it's, if they're this, um, confused lawmakers about sports betting and stuff, cause like this is like the one legal issue that I consider myself like a, an expert on, like if they're this, uninformed and don't understand like it, it really freaks me out for the more important shit like you know like homeland security yeah. and stuff like how, how they don't understand that stuff and and obviously yeah, right. pandemic and stuff you know if they're if they're this dumb about sports betting and, and uh naive about stuff then we're in trouble 
Has, has there been any dialogue about, you know, there's been a, a lot in the news recently, and I, I think these are distinct entities, but there's been a lot in the news recently about um, your, your retail investor through platforms like Robinhood and some of the moral hazard associated with that uh, bleeding over into things like sports betting. Yeah, I think there's definitely a correlation there. I mean, and, and there's predatory practices that, um, I mean, just in, I was telling you guys off air before we started recording uh, in, in New Jersey, they said the regulator sent out this advisory this week and it's, it got over the news and stuff and, and operators are basically, you know, there's some predatory practices in terms of withdrawals and, and the player mm-hmm. puts in a withdrawal, there's like a, a long delay and some, sometimes operators are incentivizing them to, to, you know, uh, withdraw their withdrawal or, 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 you know, just cancel the withdrawal altogether. And, um, and so it's, you know, there, there's these practices by these parties that want your money and you're seeing all these parlay advertisements yeah. and stuff. Everyone just wants your money. And, and there is that, like that, the philosophical debate on like what's moral and what's, you know, what's even legal in that, in that regard. And it's, it's the wild west right now. It's like the beginning. This stuff wasn't in exist, wasn't happening anywhere outside of Nevada for all intents and purposes a few years ago. So, uh, you know, things are changing pretty fast. And, and even on, from the marketing side, you, know, you have to watch out for that stuff. There's definitely a correlation because mm-hmm. everyone, you know, last year was saving money, getting their stimulus checks and wanting to put it in the stock market. And now they're trying to play around the sports betting market. And, Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Cool. Cool. Very, 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 very cool. You say you don't want to get political. Did you bet on Donald Trump and, uh, <laughs> and Joe Biden? <laughs> actually, what were the odds there? What was the juice? Dude, on that what one? was the juice? They, that was actually one of the most fascinating markets that I've seen play out in my life, and that and and that actually topped 2016, which is one of the craziest things you'll ever see. Because obviously, you know, political betting is not legal in in the United States, but offshore, this is it's by far the biggest market. I mean, the the amount of handle that that legal books take in Europe and, and in other places on the election and including the U S election dwarfs, wow. dwarf Super Bowl betting here. It's just really, yeah, it's not even close. And for the election, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have, I mean, we're talking billions of dollars wagered and, and uh, the amount of money that came in on this election was, was absolutely crazy. But you know, you monitor the lines and, and I, I recorded a podcast on this. I think it was episode 99 and I, I tried to break it down after the fact um, I brought on a, a guest that, you know, was more savvy on that stuff. And, and, um, and basically, like we saw like a complete market overreaction on, on election night this year where, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, you guys know the story, too. I mean, it was Biden was was favored before uh, election night. And then on election right. night, Trump moved to a massive. I think he got as high as seven dollars. And you know, yeah, seven, I saw that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then I was uh, watching on Twitter and uh, I was like, oh, well, I just considered, you know, I was like, oh, well, then. These gambler guys, that's like Alabama, like playing Bowling Green now. I was <laughs> yeah, like, no, exactly. I was right. like, okay, well, I was like texting people. I'm like, dude, it's already decided. Like, yeah. I know it's only like ten percent of the vote in, but <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I, I was telling. I mean, like, these markets like, for the betting. I was like, Donald Trump has won. There's no way they would give yeah. you, you know, they could be this wrong. Yeah, they could. Or they could be this wrong, or give people basically free money. It was it was crazy. It's something like you just won't see in a market with that much liquidity and that much you know that much money going into it uh, being that wrong because you know it was it. I, I was saying the same thing because I always say the markets are truth. Like markets will get you to where you need to be. The wisdom of the crowds and stuff. And and when that was happening on election night, it was just a wild thing to see because I was even like telling you know like family members like this thing's this thing's pretty much over like it's it's a done deal now and then you wake wow. up the next morning and Biden's a minus 250 favored and so it, it's going to be like one of those rare betting events in our lifetime where you know there's so many people bet into it and they were just completely wrong on it and and it, you know you can think of reasons why some of them are pretty obvious like uh you know the counting the the late vote and 
and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not properly Mail-in taking, and, yeah. not taking that into account. Yeah. 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 They probably were just looking at it and just like, well, they didn't expect the steel, Mike. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't get political, Mike. <laughs> Where do you stand on the steel and storming the Capitol building? Doctor's podcast becomes You'll be canceled. You've been canceled. You mentioned it, it got more uh, bets than the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl coming up here. Um, I know you said you know NFL. Just the game itself is not a. Yeah, it's a coin toss basically, but I did want to get into any any Super Bowl strategies. I know there's a I love to do the prop bets. Oh yeah. Like when Reggie Bush was dating Kim Kardashian <laughs> and they're like, Will Kim Kardashian be shown four times? And I'm like, dude, I'd show her four thousand times. So I, 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 got- <laughs> I need to make that possibility important to me by putting hundreds of dollars yeah. on it. Although yeah, you know, twenty twenty one it probably like would be a live stream on that person like watch on twitch it's just kim kardashian there's no football but uh yeah is there any uh any strategies at all in the super bowl uh that you care to share before this big game yeah so like the super bowl prop markets are are robust you can make a lot just by arbing you know the lines themselves because books put up different you know like in, when you're like Nevada and all the books open up their props, you know, and most of them, let's be real, copy off other books. But you can have opportunities where you know one book will put up uh, who's going to play in the Super Bowl. Let's say uh, Travis Kelsey uh, reception yards prop at 55 and a half. The other one will put it up at, at 69 and a half, and you can have an over hmm. over at one book and an under at another one because they're just trying to balance their own liability and and plus they books want to take a stand. You know, they have a different opinion on on the game too sometimes. So you can really have if you really have the liquidity, obviously, and, and the capital to to put a lot of money down, you could have amazing middles on some of these these props, you know. And, mm-hmm. But but I there's a few that I play every year, and, and I I do play props every Super Bowl. It's and it's actually it's been profitable over time, and and it's it really you get there's some props that I play like every single year, and I, I talked about this on my podcast. There's a couple where you could just really prey on on the public thinking. One of my favorites that I, I literally play every year is whether or not there's going to be a three consecutive scores by either team. And a lot okay. of people, and, and it's juiced out to, you know, it's so, so basically it does happen all the time. People don't understand, but like uh, teams score three straight times very often. So that's the favorite uh, by a bit, but you're getting, you're getting good value on that, bet just because everybody thinks no, and they want to take the plus price on that. And, mm. and so it opens up value that you won't have any other, you know, that market's not available for, for every game sometimes. And usually books have that market available, but um, during the regular season, you're going to see, you know, the price on that like 50 or 60 cents more expensive on the yes than it is on a, on a Super Bowl Sunday. So it's, you know, it, you're going to open up value and find value on some bets like that, where you're just fading the public basically on yeah. stuff that the public's betting. That's a good one. I might, I might do that if, if I can find it offered. There, there's a list. I'll, I'll go over it. There's a list of ones I play like literally every single year. Um, but there's, you know, just the, the market opportunities are great in the Super Bowl just because so many books have different lines up and you can, you got to shop around. You know, I always tell people the best yeah. thing you could do is, is have multiple outs because you always got to get the best price. I mean, you want to do that anyway, but in the Super Bowl, especially you can, you can find some big discrepancies on player props. How are, how are sports books managed as a whole? Like what, what, what does that, what does that look like? You know, from a, from a personnel, a logistics, um, standpoint. That's a really good question. It's, it calls for a very complicated answer. I mean, um, because it's... Uh, I'm just buying Adam time as he goes around your empty high back leather chair and sneaks <laughs> over to grab a beer. Well, 
So books, you know, they, they need to manage their own risk and every book's going to do that differently based. And there's other considerations of why they do that. Sometimes they have to answer to a board of people, you know, a corporate office that you know, just doesn't give a shit. They just care about the bottom line. But one popular misnomer out there is that books want to do whatever they can to attract equal action on both sides. Well, that's, mm. lar- that's largely true, but books take positions on games all the time. And, and I know, you know, some books will take a bigger position than other books and stuff, but um, but books take, you know, they take positions on games all the time and it's, it's on a weekly daily basis. So managing sports book, obviously, you know, it's, it depends on your own philosophies and stuff. Some books just, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're even a semblance of a sharp better, they'll shut you down. And unfortunately that's a big issue right now, early on in the industry. Cause you're seeing, oh, really? yeah, like a European influx of European, um, companies and operators that are coming in and running the show. And that's the model over there. Basically, if you're a, a sharp punter to use the term. Um, over in the UK or over across the pond, then it's really hard to get down. They'll, they'll just completely limit you. And, you know, I've had it happen to me here, unfortunately. Like I can't, I, I can't get down more than 12 bucks on a college football game at Bet Rivers. And, and they started limiting me on the NFL too, of all sports recently. And, really? Uh, yeah. Which just makes no sense to me. And, 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 uh, and that, that's because you've been that successful with your calls. Well, so, you know, it, I've, I've like, I've made money there, but I haven't, it hasn't been like crazy. And and to be honest with you, like, I think it's just, it, it's more, and I know this is the case too. It's the way you bet. They, because books do, they, they, they can, loop you they into, they, yeah. they loop you into a certain group and they, I mean, they definitely like, oh. they, they, uh, they identify their customer type by the way they bet. And it's not necessarily the, the amount you're betting too. It's, you know, if you're arbing games, if you're taking both sides and trying to get off on there's a bunch of different uh, reasons why they do it. I think there's a lot of false positives. It's actually a, a subject I feel very strongly about because I completely disagree with the with that practice for a lot of reasons. I think it's they're they're actually going to be net negative with uh, with that type of decision making in the long run because there's a lot of false positives out there where they're yeah. you know, saying a guy's a sharp where he's not, but also they're just. I think there's a real advantage to taking sharp money uh, for a lot of reasons, if not just to know where the sharp money is and what where the sharp money is thinking in the game, but. Yeah, that's, so, that's a so big that, issue. So, so the, the system is overly sensitive, but not necessarily specific for the people. So it's 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 catching too many people in the net. That, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Because I okay. you hear a lot of people that are that are coming out and saying that they've been limited by book A, book B, and and, and it's happening everywhere too. And that's that's just one of the like grand macro issues that's happening in the industry right now. Is you know these books they they have a certain model and they want to make money obviously, and they're you know if you're showing that you can beat them in the long term, they're either completely cutting you off or they're limiting you so so big big um i i guess investment firms however you want to think of it like berkshire hathaway is obligated by the sec to kind of publish where they're putting money in and who they're betting on and that sort of thing which oftentimes can can drive markets we saw it with some some gold buying uh, some gold uh, exploration and mining companies yeah. uh earlier in the pandemic do, do you is, is there a future or is there a, a present situation where individuals who have or at least claim to have historical betting success are publicly publishing what they're calling and on what sport and does that drive markets? Good question there. No, so there's there's no um, I mean there's a lot of touts out there. I'm, go, right? I'm going I, 60 minutes on you. I'm going full yeah. 60 minutes no, on you. No, because like that, that's really like, you know, the, the tout industry and sports, but I mean you guys see it everywhere on, on social media. Everyone's winning. Right. Everyone's winning all the time and stuff and there's lots of <laughs> talk about predatory shit out there. I mean, d- don't pay for picks everybody. You heard it here like because that's that's extra vig, and any asshole that's telling you he's hitting over sixty percent is bullshitting you. I promise you that because it's impossible. Mm-hmm. No one does in the long term, and I don't care who you are. 
and it's it's one of those things. Like 55% what about that one like, guy? What about what about that guy uh, Matthew McConaughey played in that movie? Um, what was that? Uncut Gems. Adam no. Sandler. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. Uh, it was based on a true story. I think it was with Al Pacino. Oh God! Oh, are Anyone? you talking about? Um, are you talking about Casino with? Um, not Casino. No, 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 no. Type, type in Al Pacino. Pacino. Wait, just hold up, hold up here, Mike. Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. Two for the money. Two for the money. Two thousand five oh. film. Yeah. Never saw that. One. It didn't get great ratings. <laughs> but I think it's at based, all. Look, look, look to see if it's based on a true guy. All right, I'm on it. I think it's okay. kind of like Rothstein. Yeah, I think Rothstein. I think this guy. And and actually, the funny thing is, it was in the NFL. So. No. Oh, yeah. That's you know. Any any guy well, that says they based the movie on it, it's got to be true, right? Of course, yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, it's you know anybody. It really is. It's complicated beating the sports betting markets because it's just any guy that's just like picking games. And so over sixty percent doesn't happen. You it just it does first. not happen when you're laying minus one ten. I mean, you can hit sixty percent if you're like, you know, betting into four dollar favorites, but you have to to break even on that. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so you know, come, the more vig you're you're paying, the more your break even percentage has to be the higher your break even percentage has to be so it's um there's lots of touts out there though in the in, in the industry and and there's no like way where you can you know, p- people say they're on a certain play at a certain number and stuff there's no way to fact check that or anything like that and i know that there's some like there's some better b-e-t-t-o-r advocacy groups that are in the works right now that are trying to bring more light and shed more light onto that because it, it is valuable to know like where you know guys whose opinions you trust like what you know, what, what bets they're on and stuff. But at the same time, if you're a market maker and if you're actually moving the market, no one's going to be able to get down on the price that you were able to get on because yeah, folks right. are going to move it at the time. So like right. really like any guy that's, that's trying to sell picks, you should be running away right away. Cause that means he's, sure. he's not winning because, <laughs> because mm-hmm. guy, the guys that are, the guys <laughs> that are winning for money, <laughs> exactly. The guys that are yeah. winning are, are moving the markets and staying quiet. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, we were talking about the Super Bowl. I did just want to follow up on that because um, I, I'm hoping. I know you, you, you know, you're not into the predictions. You're more of the uh, data. You know, what's the what's the number kind of guy? But why don't you go ahead and tell us who's going to be in the Super Bowl, how sure. much they're going to win by, and the why the Bills, <laughs> and why it's the Bills, and why the Bills. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So the Chiefs are going to beat the Packers by three is the most likely result, thirty to twenty-seven for an official Whoa. for an official <laughs> prediction. That's I mean, that's what the line will be. But you know, um, okay. And, and the Chiefs heard it here first. By three. No, actually, right now okay. I, I would actually have the Chiefs. He's like, we've known this for weeks. <laughs> no, no I, I'd have the Chiefs favored by less, actually less less than. He's got three. some sort of minority report set up. <laughs> right. I'm, look, I'm looking it up right now. I'd he's have the, tossing frames of the future. <laughs> Sorry, doggy. So. Um, Chiefs beat the Packers by three. No, it, yeah, and okay. actually, I'm looking up right now. I would not have them favored by three. It would be about just be around one, one or one and a half. Obviously, how the teams play really? the next couple weeks. Is I would take be, that in a second. You take I got the a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chiefs <laughs> over the Packers. Yeah, by and, one, and we could see three be the line. I mean, depending on how the teams look the next couple weeks, and obviously, if there's any injuries and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs are definitely they're the top of the power ratings right now for me, but it's it's bunched up, man. There's all the teams that are, that, you know, at the top. But what right about now. Chiefs plus ten versus the Browns tomorrow? Chiefs lay in the ten. That's a little. Um, yes, that, that's a little. Um, that's a bit inflated this week, to be honest. And I think that line is going to close below ten. The way things are looking, it looks like it's juiced out on on the on the Browns right now. So if you're if you're looking to take the the points at the Browns, I bet it's sooner rather than later. 
Um, but no, that one's, I got that one lined a little lower. It's I actually took some Browns plus time myself and, but I got through the Browns are my, that's one of my futures bets. I was preseason, man. There, I got, I got them 50 to one to win the Super Bowl and them and the Oh Bucks. really? Yeah, <laughs> that, Not bad. Them and the Bucks. Now the I got Bucks to root for the Browns. I'm going to be with Mike Parker tomorrow. If you are enjoying, by the way, but oh, yeah. uh, he's a Chiefs fan. Now I'm going to be thinking in my head, I'm like, oh. The other dude, we hang out with a lot of mics here. Yeah, Mike Parker, Dirty <laughs> Mike. We just Doggy blanket Mike. name everybody Mike so that yeah. we can't actually identify anybody. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, think, how much you bet on that? If you don't mind me asking, on what on the uh, on Browns, Browns future? Yeah, I, I never share my mouse. I, I just did like a, a standard one unit play on that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it, you know everyone has a different. I always tell people if you bet in like unit sizes, it's. You know what's a hundred dollars to one guy could be different to another guy and stuff. Oh, okay, if you, that's if you fair. Stick, I like that. If you stick to your bankroll, you know. That's, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely say that from now on. Well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I bet two units. It's, 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 it's kind of a fun point. I mean, my, my my dad throws around money with um his uh his brother, my uncle, and they'll talk about like, you know, I made a I made a single unit play and. I think my dad's done pretty well in life, and for him, that's twenty five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, dad, yeah, every, what? You know, it's different to everybody. <laughs> so you know, lame. While, while he drinks a two hundred dollars so bottle of wine, I'm like, you put down twenty five dollars on this thing. You this is my whole scream thing. at the TV my for three thing. hours. You Come can on. do that. You can do that, but do not get emotionally involved because you know I, I'm in a pretty serious fantasy football league where we all put up a good amount of money each year mm-hmm. and uh we're sitting around and uh my old roommate chris is like sitting on the edge of the coffee table like oh my <laughs> i swear to god Devonte adams i'm like what he on your team he's like yeah he's like i'm in the, the semi-final dude and i was like oh what do you pay for he's like oh we put in 50 bucks each i'm like what that's so lame <laughs> why first of all i mean yeah, fifty bucks, whatever. It, yeah. On a normal Saturday, for some people, you know, perfect. You know, that's a perfect number. You're talking about fantasy football. This is an entire season bet, <laughs> yeah, and, and you're willing to put like break it out per week. It's like three, dude, it's three year old. It's like basically an it's RV's like gift week. certificate yeah. <laughs> that you're winning. <laughs> it's like, dude, I. It's fine if you don't want to play for more. It's fine. But do not sit on the edge of the coffee table and act like the entire world is is pending on the next play to Devontae Adams. <laughs> well, do they have like a punishment in the league? Maybe he's got to like no. That no. league is lame. <laughs> Mine is you got to put in pretty much a mortgage payment, and then if you come in last place, the the punishment last year is you had to jump a uh, or drop a a box of dildos in a Mac store. You could literally go to jail for like pedophilia. If there's a kid or two around, that that's where you'd be on the edge of your your coffee table. I could oh never be God. in that league. <laughs> I, I dude, I propose tattoo every year. It gets voted down. So you, you guys would like this? The my my favorite league, my, the league that I'm the commissioner for is we actually have um, a promotion relegation system set up. So we have two leagues. We had we had the main league and a bunch of guys wanted to get into it from our, our high school buddies and oh. so we we said all right let's do so we have a twelve person league and then we had eight now it's ten in the other league and they kick up money to the top league and the bottom two guys in the top league every year get relegated to the bottom league and the top two from the bottom oh. league get promoted so you're so running like a, a pyramid sock. scheme that was part of the terms man they, they you gotta to sell this many berries if you lose. <laughs> But then we have a whoever gets last in the lower league has like we have this we call them the bitch of the year and they get the punishment we come up with a punishment in the top league for them to do and they know the punishment when the season starts and 
and it, it, it could be interesting, man. We did the hot wings challenge last year for the losing guy. Um, and then that's a yes. good punishment. I haven't thought yeah. about that one. All this of year. ours are like sadistic. <laughs> it's not just fun. It's not like, Oh, eat some hot wings. It's like your life has now changed. <laughs> the guy, I like, I, I like the relegation though. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, it really changes things up because it keeps guys trying, you know, the asshole that, that can't get in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't just like quitting, you know, from from managing his team. You know, he's going to be he's playing to not get relegated. Then, you know, and that's Mike. I I, I wouldn't know anything about how that feels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I experience. Well, we tried to uh, in ours. Like, you know, it's it's pretty. It's, you you'll know this, Mike. Um, it's very serious because I tried to actually propose. Speaking, of you have twelve team league. I tried to propose adding two more. You know, we've all gone through life. We've we've met new people. We're like, oh, this guy would be cool in the league. I proposed that, and they're like, no. The only opening is when someone dies. <laughs> We're just going to be the same 10 guys. Eventually be like 45, and, and it'll be like 10 grand each. <laughs> which I'll love. Which I will love. Which will be great. It'll which be will great. Be great. Yeah. Mike, I'm curious when you're uh, when you're when you're sitting down watching sports with people and, and someone's you know watching a game and think you know the tide turns suddenly and someone starts you know screaming the fix is in this is my dad on his twenty five dollar bet this is rigged home yeah. job you know uh, yeah let's get into yeah how, how, how do you how do you feel about like you know whether it, whether it's I mean the NBA I feel like is the place yeah. where I feel this like could how do you feel be about overall possible. rigs yeah and why oh, is the NBA so rigged? And why does and the NFL obvious? hate Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, dude, I mean, I hate to break it to you guys. It's overwhelming majority, if not like I mean, 99% plus of the time, the fix is not in. Uh, but having said that, match fixing, it, it is an ongoing problem on a global scale. And there are instances of it. And, and um, but the you know the majority the overwhelming majority are actually in tennis, especially smaller level tennis really? games. Really? Yeah, we gotta pe- get into tennis. We gotta get into tennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we gotta start reading the dark web <laughs> tennis blogs. But you know the people that are more susceptible are you know those people in lower level tennis that are making you know like peanuts and they're approachable and it's oh, it's just a they're a single sense. person you know it's and and it's usually not even them dropping the game necessarily maybe it's dropping a set but this stuff the technology is in place to pick up on that the you know, irregular uh line moves and stuff and that's why legal betting's better because you keep it all above board regulated and you can monitor okay. the betting patterns and everything but uh, See, it doesn't happen as much as you think guys it's like it, when it, i think when i say fixes good. in i don't think of it like that though i don't think of some nefarious character going up to someone on the lakers i just think of all right they have meetings right (laughs) maybe mine's more complicated but you gotta think okay look the refs are out there you got lebron and the lakers in a in a western you know championship right you, and you got whoever the fuck, right? Let's just, just whatever, whatever other team. The Jazz, perfect. There we go. You got LeBron versus the Jazz. Do you really think there's not more? And I'm not saying fix. Like we will do this, but you don't think that the that subconsciously they're like, well, well we're going to give LeBron more calls because in the long run we kind of want him to be in the final. We don't want to watch. Jokic, who looks like you know your dad doing like basketball moves. We want to watch LeBron launch from the free throw line. So I think it's more of like subconscious fixes in. It's like oh, give him the call. Yeah, give him bias, the call, right? You know, whereas like Utah's not going to get nearly as many calls because they don't have the clout. And the NBA is very much of a star-driven league. We want to see 
LeBron versus KD. We don't want to see fucking Jokic versus whoever, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you could say the Miami Heat got there last year, so the fix is not in. But it's like the Miami Heat were a very interesting team. Fun to watch. I don't see like – and they got LeBron there, so it's like whoever he's playing doesn't matter. So <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I would just say it's more of like a, a thought of, okay, we want the stars in we're going to call a little bit more. And if it just so happens that they win, then that benefits everybody, right? Well, it's not like, all right, eight points is on the line. Doggy, what do you got? The well, Lakers no, versus Utah. I was going to say, like, you know, if the NBA was fixed, the Clippers wouldn't even – they wouldn't have lost to the Jazz in the playoffs last year because they, the NBA lost so yeah, much fair. goddamn TV money you know, on, on, on the again, Clippers-Lakers matchup. Again, the fix <laughs> – he makes that's a good point though. I like no, that. I, I, I <laughs> haven't getting. explained it <laughs> correctly. No, but you know, so the subconscious I think, bias. Thing, I don't I, know. I, I want to look back at the stats of that game, but no, for sure. I, I would mean, be some, willing some to bet they got more calls. So look, you can lose with the fix in. You can still lose with the fix being in. But, but if you not. look at the data, I bet you the Clippers got more calls. How much? How much Viggy giving me on that bet? <laughs> <laughs> how much juice am I getting? I'm on just that? saying. You dude. can't just say I well, bet. Well, first of all, let's quit acting like the NBA didn't already get caught for doing this. Yeah. So the Tim Donahue <laughs> scandal, you know that that was a thing, obviously, and that's it's a huge black eye in the NBA. But you know there there are protections in place for this stuff, and you better believe there's other people out there monitoring it. There's integrity monitoring companies and stuff, but to your subconscious bias and even like psychological, just straight up psychological bias point, I think there's a, definitely something to that. I mean, you've always seen top yes. players get calls over <laughs> the years. I wanted to hear. I, you know, but you know, it's just, I think that's more to the referee bias and stuff more than anything else. And you know, you always hear assholes and, uh, and I'm not calling you guys assholes, but the people out there that are saying, <laughs> but no, no, people hey, are specifically Adam. Well, Good no, to be g- here with you, Adam. <laughs> guys that lose their $25 bet, not calling your dad an asshole either, who, said, who says that, you know, oh, the, the fix is in and stuff. People are really just, you know, they, first of all, they're just thinking about their own bet and stuff, but they're also, you know, they're thinking about it a certain way. They, it's just a psychological tendency to want to blame something and, and come up with a reason why you lost. And in mm-hmm. reality, this stuff is so highly regulated and, and especially the NBA after that black eye that they had. Yeah. The Donahue thing yeah. was a real bad, bad thing. And, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't, without, you know, going into further stuff on the NBA, it's, you know, cause there's been a history of, of uh, accusations and stuff, but they've tried to clean up their act, especially with, with Adam Silver, the commissioner now, but no, I, I think there's yes. something to that for sure. The subconscious bias. So but it works the right. other way too. It's not just like, Oh, let's give LeBron a bunch of calls. Like remember when Shaq was playing, and he was such a giant monster that they wouldn't call <laughs> stuff because they're like, oh, Shaq can take it. He's a monster. He's Goliath. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, he can take a little bit of, you know, a hack on the arm here or there. For like, sure. It works the other way, too, where they're like, that guy's so dominant that we kind of <laughs> don't want to call everything because you can't stop him. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have to call it every single time. He- he, he he breaks he breaks the art he breaks the framework. Yeah. It doesn't work otherwise. Could you imagine like today's refs in today's NBA with Will Chamberlain, but the same people he no. played with, the same people Will Chamberlain or Shaq? Played? Probably have- <laughs> oh, yeah. no way! You were just you brought this up last night, so yeah. I don't know who you were watching. By the way, I was, just a quick yeah, LeBron. <laughs> the, a quick sidebar: I was watching the Bulls uh, OKC game oh, yeah. last night. I would like a, a, a survey here. Can you name one player on the Oklahoma City Thunder? Sean. <laughs> Just Sir- name one player. Is Serge Ibaka still there? No. <laughs> no, he's in the Raptors. 
Uh, oh, you're can you name, Yeah, Mike, can you name one human <laughs> on the Oklahoma City Thunder? I mean, honestly, got to Google it, dude. Got to Google it. <laughs> it's yeah. like the only way. Wild. How no, about I this mean, name? Shay Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I think they no. they got Horford. You still now don't too, know right? who that is. No. <laughs> he is their best player. No. <laughs> what about Luke Dork or Dort? <laughs> Dork. No. You know, have you seen how I many? Have you seen how many first round draft picks they have though through twenty twenty five? They, they like, do. They've got yeah, like they have a wild amount of first round. Why draft would picks. Why would Billy Donovan leave then? <laughs> Stay for the rounders. Anyway, yeah. that was a you know you know it's dated now, but that game last night was wild it was just like i i literally had it on and we're the the bills were up by like 12 points in the midway through the fourth and they had been crushing them all game so you know i'm on the computer blah blah i think they're up i'm not like even watching half, the game right? anymore i look over, half, yeah. it's 118 118 i'm like what in the world <laughs> happened how did they and i think the back? bulls you know watching them lately they're they're almost a good team i think they covered <laughs> but, five straight before last night yeah but they, yeah, they always, they're losing all of those, that five straight. They're losing all of them by like two yeah. points. That's well, perfect. Whatever. For, uh, I've gone off. One the rails, they want the Bulls to show progress, but still yeah. uh, get a good draft pick next year. So What's the, yeah. uh, do you know off the, off the top of your head, the, uh, if Brooklyn is now favored to win the championship with Harden? Um, it depends on which book you're looking at right now. It's close between them. I know they dropped from like, you know, the consensus price was six to one to now they're around plus two fifty in that range. So it's going to be in a similar spot as, as the Lakers. I think they might be, it depends on the book. I don't know if all books are the same. I'm, or obviously I know that they're not, but in the same range, I don't know if all of them have the Nets as the actual favorite right now. You follow basketball at all? Oh yeah. No, basketball is my favorite sport. Oh, it is. What do you think? what do you, what do you think of that trade? I mean, I mean, the Nets are giving up the future again. I think that, you know, that's one of those things mm. where there's only one ball, um, obviously, <laughs> to play with. Um, and, you know, it's a similar thing. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I'd like to ask. That. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. See, the the thing is, smaller. <laughs> people are, yeah, are going to change their, you know, their perceptions like right away. People are going to probably overreact early on if there's, if there's a bit of like a, you know, like, assimilation sure. process and actually i'm looking right. it up right now as we're talking the lakers are still yeah so now with yeah with that would that be a good idea then because i think this happened with the heat i think it happened with the celtics where immediately they don't gel and it doesn't look good exactly That's now the with the markets yeah That's blast them down whereas you're like oh they will gel and then will you bet them to then win the championship because of that initial like all right we're getting used to each other do the markets react to that at all? Usually, you know, the mar- yes, they do. The markets, I mean, they're changing mm. all the time based off, and in books, maybe will will change a, a futures market just on their own accord, or they'll change it based off uh, more likely because of money coming in on a certain team. They'll adjust accordingly. And, uh, no, yeah, you, you you could find value those ways. And futures markets aside, those are I don't think that's the best. Uh, usually, you're not getting any value in a futures market just because the household percentage is so high on those. But you could find value on. On that stuff, and, and and that's the time to get in, you know. So if the Nets are having a, a tough start, which is foreseeable, you know, tr- these guys trying to assimilate them still themselves together, and and you saw it, you know, with, you know, the Lakers with bumps early on, when the Heat, when LeBron yeah. first went to the Heat, they struggled early on. Yeah, and, uh, you can find some nice, you know, that's that's the time to buy low on them. Uh, but you know, we all know this, and you know, the actual games themselves, but it changes in, in the playoffs completely. And when it's more of a half court type of of you know 
half court type of game with a lot more timeouts called for TV money. And you can play a shorter rotation, you know, six, seven, eight guys in your rotation and keep the stars out there longer. That's when it's going to be advantage nets, especially, you know, come playoff time when they have those three stars that they can go to. So it might not play out as much in the games we're seeing now in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you know, it's going to be a whole Mm -hmm. different animal. I think I thought it was, a, you know, I, you, you only have one chance to win. Like, I don't, I'm not like a big like think about the future guy. It's like <laughs> no, if you're you the GM of the Nets. You're like, I win now. I don't yeah. wait yeah. for anything to happen. And who knows? Well, the Kyrie, last time they did that, it's Kyrie back. will be there. He'll show up. You know, whatever he's doing right now. But uh, yeah, I I thought it was a great trade. Like, let's do it. Let's yeah. go for it right now. Yeah, and he probably it. called up KD and Kyrie. You would think, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So everyone's on the same page. Everyone's like, oh uh the poison it, actually these guys were in a group chat the moment that was even yeah like and i, I actually think that all of their poisonousness is similar little witches so brew. really i think it works somehow you know i think <laughs> if you get a bunch of guys who are poisonous in the same way <laughs> you know they can relate to each other They're it's like, like a mean girl situation yeah, hate the media i <laughs> so hate the media blah 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 <laughs> And all you needed to do is really last. You like strip clubs, so do I. Um, all you needed to do is really last and go, you know, to the championship. And then you can break apart. Half a and year. Then the poison settles again. And then yeah. you come back and let's run it back. I think it'll work out. Yeah, just, it's cabin you know, fever, I, man. Just got a, a couple years. You know? That's why no one can like, talk no about ice ball with all those guys. It's like, yeah, but they're the highest percentage uh scores in isolation so now that hmm. you have no help behind that iso like you know james harden driving to the hoop usually yeah. gets help how do right? you how, how do you leave harden to double yeah you can't Durant? Yeah, you can't right. so it's going to be a bunch of iso ball and to be honest that's i think point. Kyrie, kevin durant and james harden are better that, at that than anybody so yep. i think they're going to score a shit ton of points i think, so and I, I think they're going to score more points than you know you can't score as many basically you're they're saying you can't score as many points. We don't need defense. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to score more points. What's the uh, what's what's the situation around betting college ball and the dialogue around those guys not getting paid relative to professional athletes? Is there any kind of concern around that with with college hoops compared to the NBA or not really? Are you yeah, talking about? No. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because college players are more susceptible to to match fixing and, and to match manipulation, if you want to put it that way, to use them. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely, because they're they're not getting paid for that reason. And and you've seen this. I mean, there's been a college scandals in the yeah. past with, you know, the, the Boston College one. There's a few notable ones you can probably Google famous, you know, famous basketball <laughs> fixes and stuff. But like, and I know Arizona, I think uh, it was Arizona State a few more recently and stuff. So there's, there are instance, instances of that and, and, that is a concern for sure because NBA players, there's there's a people are so mis are uninformed about this actually. So like, let me go back a little bit. So Al Leiter, remember the remember the go pitcher? off King, go off. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do it. Remember Al Leiter, the pitcher, um, in ba- baseball pitcher. He's older now. Um, he went in front of a state right, oh, like yeah. regulatory board. He, it, went, yeah. Right after PASPA was overturned back in 2018, states were looking to legalize and stuff, and and they brought in obviously there's sides from the you know the leagues and stuff they didn't want this legalized and, and other groups and stuff so he he was representing you know the the player side saying like hey this is bad legalized sports betting is bad for the games the integrity and he was using this god-awful example about how a pitcher can 
you could even like Google this and like watch him say this, but he said, what's preventing a pitcher from telling one of his buddies, you know, just for a, a ball strike prop on the first pitch of the game, just tell him, Hey, throw a ball. It's not going to have any material impact on the game. And then what's preventing his buddy from going down and getting 10 grand down here on this casino and just driving around and getting the, you know, $10,000 down on all these casinos. And like Al Leiter doesn't understand that like that prop that he's talking about, the limits are probably like 200 bucks. Books, books talk to each other. And once, you know, if, if one book gets popped for the max and it keeps getting popped, <laughs> then they're going to talk. And, and it, it, you're lucky if you can get a grand yeah, They're out. just going to be like, why does Al Leiter's friend? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Books talk. I mean, it's you're, you're, the last 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, he and just like, doesn't understand gambling. And, and to be honest, this. I would have thought the same thing. No, exactly. And that's most people don't think that. And like, and so the NBA, the, the thought process that you can like, you can manipulate, you know, that these players are approachable. That like James Harden is going to take, you know, like a certain amount of money to like miss a free throw when from DraftKings. Yeah, right. He's going to take a, even money from like a guy who's going to tell him, hey, like miss your first free throw or something like that. Whatever prop he can get down, like any amount of money that you, you see how much they're fined for games. It's like a joke. <laughs> if you're going to pay him 50 grand to do it, there's no way in hell you're going to get 50 grand out on that prop. And James Harden ain't yeah. going to risk nah, anything yeah. for 50 grand. So you're just talking about like that's something that's like not going to happen in the NBA. Um, at all and and but in college absolutely it's more of an issue because these guys you know, are making zero dollars and some of these smaller so like there's no yeah there's no uncut gem scenario where you're sitting down with kevin uh, garnett and uh you have some sort of rock or stone from a a, a, a faraway land that he needs to touch a blood diamond of yeah, sorts and able to win the game and now you're in cahoots Oh my god! So I've not that seen that happen. movie. I, I, so I don't know. What you haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen You're it. You're not yet. missing anything. No, I mean I've heard from friends in the industry that it's you know surprise surprise incredibly unrealistic. I, it's not that I don't. <laughs> it's not that I don't want to see it. I mean the, you know the notion though that you can get down on any specific player prop like that is completely misguided. And like with the L Lighter example, but I, I'm not actively not seeing that movie. I just haven't had enough time. It's not high enough on the list, so to speak. Yeah. So. Well, if you want to be completely stressed out for an hour and 45 <laughs> That's what minutes, That's then what it's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Guy it, risking his entire family life and everything for prop bets. Who, who is looking for a little more blood pressure these days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's bad for the industry when shit like that comes out, though. Really, I mean, especially when trying to like change the thinking of all. You know, we were talking before the, the lawmakers who are thinking a certain way and just stuck in their ways, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the, the stigma to sports betting and stuff. And, uh, that's not mm-hmm. going to do the the stigma any services. That movie. It, it, if you could communicate like one elevator pitch to you know one of these these senators or one of these House of Representatives members about sports betting, what what would it be? You got you got a, you got a thirty second elevator ride. With oh, them. What would you tell them about sports I'm say, betting? All right, you got to open it up. You have to regulate it. You have to uh, embrace liquidity because if you keep the betting above board, you're not going to drive. If you, if you offer competitive pricing and, and create a market where where operators are incentivized to innovate and welcome in. Um, any type of action, you're going to keep the money away from the black market, away from offshore, and it's going to be better for the games themselves because you can keep the integrity of the games in check by monitoring the betting patterns, keeping that um, above board. And also it's better for your, your state revenue because you're going to keep the money in regulated markets instead of offshore in the black market. So the taxpayers are going to benefit as a result. Ding. Ding. The doors open, <laughs> so and the capital rioters are flooded <laughs> in. <laughs> Damn you! That's perfect. Uh, it's okay. I bet no, that's, forty that's thousand dollars that we seconds, go to the exact say, same yeah. time. <laughs> Why? Because that's the mic. What? That's your mic to him. Oh, can I? 
Testing, testing. Oh, okay, I see. I Where are you that. going? Bathroom. Oh, you're going to the bathroom. On your way back, can you grab me a beer? I was just going to leave. All right, well, Mike, um, I think the last thing I, I really wanted to ask about because it's on its way up here is um, do you do any uh, any blood sport gambling? UFC with Conor McGregor. UFC is the, is the bloodiest, yeah, and then we have McGregor, uh, Poirier, too, coming up. McGregor's been talking a, a big game, but I, I was I was interested in learning more about that type of gambling because um, you know you, there's multiple ways to approach it, and I don't know if uh, if you're interested in it or know yeah. about it. No, and, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I do. Wondering. I bet UFC. I mean, I don't originate my own number. The only games I, you know, the only sports I make numbers for myself are NFL, college football, college basketball, and sometimes NBA's. I'm more, I'm, golf is the next one I'm trying to. Uh, get into you know making my own doing my own stuff and my own models but like for ufc i don't originate my own stuff i'll i when i get good information from friends in the industry who specialize in the ufc usually that's when i get involved um so i'm not like actively betting it regularly but i do you know i, I have action on pretty much any you know ufc card um sometimes more mm-hmm. than others but um so yeah so in terms of like this specific one i don't have any insight on which way to bet. Although, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Mayweather McGregor, the boxing event was still the singular greatest sporting event of my entire lifetime. And I think in the end it will be just because getting Floyd Mayweather laying $4 in a spot where it should have been, he should have been a $50 favorite. Uh, That's the type of betting value that comes around once in a lifetime. So, um, but you know, so, and sometimes you'll see that, you know, you'll see bigger um, public. I'm trying to think of the the last fight I had decent money on. Wait, now, Masvidal's what, last fight. Speaking right? speaking of that one, um, the McGregor Mayweather yeah. one. So, yeah, break that down again. So, wh- how how much was uh, Mayweather favored by? So that was one where books open that what you know around where it should have been. Where Mayweather was like a twenty you know twenty dollar favorite. You got to lay twenty bucks to win one dollar. But yeah. it was just one of those rare once in a lifetime betting events because of the sheer amount of public money on Conor McGregor. Every single, when you see Conor McGregor with a plus uh-huh. price next to him in any combat sport and you, you know, cause everybody's a Conor McGregor fan and, and wants to get involved on in his fights, just throw a little bit of pizza money down on him. But when you see him at a plus yeah. money and you're going to be able to, you know, win more than you're putting down on a Conor McGregor fight, you want to bet it. And, and that event, the way it was advertised and the way it went down, um, just attracted so much public money. And you also had the, the Irish flooding in, um, into Vegas oh. and, and they're betting, you know, McGregor as well. And it was literally just the ultimate pros versus Joes or squares versus sharps uh, betting events where you just had everybody on one side. So like, you know, 95% of the tickets were on McGregor, 5% of the tickets were on Mayweather, but you had all the sharp guys coming back and that line got down to his they're offshore. I know like uh, a couple offshore sites had, they even dipped below Mayweather minus 400. So um, it was just one of those betting events where like, you know, he should have been, you should have been laying a lot more and uh, yeah. you didn't have to. So, I mean, I, I remember even like just anything and I, I don't recommend parlays ever, but that was like the one event where like every, every bet I made for like two weeks up until that fight, you know, on, on college football or no, that fight was on, I remember the date. That's how much I remember this. It was August 20, uh, 26th, of 2017. That's how, that's how much that day sticks out. But I was parlaying like everything with Mayweather for the two weeks leading up to it. Uh, just because, oh, okay. just including Mayweather in, in those. And uh, yeah, so it was just one of those, one of those events where the spread was just so wrong and so off that uh, made a lot of guys, a lot of sharp guys, a lot of money. That was one of those sporting events where, I mean, I was in, I remember exactly where I was too. I was in the bottom of a bar called the Winston in Vancouver. 
oh, with nice. like a couple buddies of mine. I think uh, you weren't at my place. No. Oh. No. Uh, for the for the Mayweather fight. Yeah, McGregor. Yeah. No. Um, and like in Canada, the whole bar stopped and watched this fight. Yeah. It was like, w- yeah. I mean, maybe Canada's super into boxing. <laughs> I just never thought of it that way. <laughs> no, and then they well, don't- right now, right now McGregor's uh, minus one seventy five. Interesting. I think he's come down a bit then. I thought I saw him higher before. Yeah, I don't have I, I don't have any info on this on this fight. You know, usually, you know, betting on a big public fighter like McGregor's not the the best move and stuff. But you know, it's a public fighter could be an underdog or a favorite. I mean, the last one that I had good money on was um, last summer. It was uh, Usman over Masvidal, just because Masvidal uh, was such a public. You know, it, it, the public was all yeah. over Masvidal, and it opened up value on Usman. And I think I got down to it was like minus two hundred was, or maybe there was like minus one eighty on Usman when, when uh, you know, some of my guys in the industry were saying, "No, he should be a three dollar favorite." We're getting great value on this one, but mm-hmm. you know, you see events like that where there's just heavy public action from, you know, the pizza money that's you know coming twenty thirty dollar bets. But those add up. I love that you phrase. Know, <laughs> those add up. Yeah, yeah. So I guess with fighting, you just um, you wait for the hype train to come through. That, that's when any yeah, of these the guys, bets. right? Yeah, unless I'm getting in, you know info from someone, uh, it's yeah. That's really a, I'll look at the betting splits and and you can also like track it. You know, you can see where the line opened and and what you know. Why is this line come down fifty cents? Is it because of you know some news that came out that that's changing the the market perception, or is it just the money that's coming in? So you always have to look at the reason for the market move as well. So cool. So cool. I can't wait to watch that one. Um, yeah. What do you guys, do you guys think Mayweather, what are your thoughts on that fight? Um, well, wait, is McGregor fighting Mayweather? Oh, I'm sorry. Doug, he just predicted me back to Canada. Hey, why, why not do a second one? Make another $200 each. But, um, I, I watch a good amount of UFC and McGregor. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna have any kind of. Uh, basically, I'm super biased towards McGregor uh, because I I like him. You know, yeah. he, he's he's the ultimate entertainer. He has good little monologues and he's yeah. you know he's more of like a, a wrestler kind of trash talk, which <laughs> yeah. I love. Right? Yeah, I like him too. Um, and I and and he's a very skilled fighter. Uh, I've watched all of his fights. Very calm. Uh, he knows all of the techniques. Uh, you know, he obviously couldn't co- compete with Khabib on, in wrestling at all. So, but you know, he can wrestle. Uh, what you've we've seen it in the past before. But he's not going to need that in this one. And, and since it's a stand-up bout, uh, yeah, I think McGregor will uh, will win. I think, I, think, I think it'll be a harder fight than people are thinking because no one knows Dustin Poirier, but. He's a really good fighter, and uh, we'll see. And the last time they fought, he was super young and uh, very inexperienced, and, and he's had a bunch of fights since the last time they fought, and uh, he's gotten way tougher and bigger, and uh, he's in, he's improved his game. So I think it's going to be uh, quite the fight, but I think McGregor will pull it out. Yeah. I mean, they'll stop it at any point in time, like very quickly. That, that's another thing I, I was going to ask about gambling wise. Like, you have to take that into consideration. You got to think that the UFC wants McGregor to win, right? So, any of the refs, you know, if, if McGregor catches him, right, and, and Dustin goes down hard, they're going to call it, I would think, quicker that's than tough. they would other, that's you tough. know, no name fighters. So, that, that gives McGregor a tiny advantage. Um, but, uh, 
I just think McGregor's too fast. Uh, he knows fighting, and uh, I think he'll. I think he's motivated too, which is a big thing with him. He's got to be motivated, and I think he's uh, very motivated for this fight. I'm seeing a uh, minus two eighty five right now on, on that fight, which basically equates to quick math oh. lesson for your for your listeners. If you want a quick Please. like a equation to uh, translate odds to percentage chance of winning, just add. So the number you see when there's a minus, just add a hundred to it and then divide the first number by the second. So the example of McGregor here is he's minus 285. I'm seeing. So you take 285 at a hundred. So it's 385. So you divide 285 by 385 and you get 0.74 and a bunch of other numbers. So it's saying it's 74% chance that he's going to win that fight. Um, yeah. I, I got that confused. Uh, he opened it minus 175 yeah. and uh, apparently at, at January 13th, he's now at minus uh, three ten. Yeah, some spots. Yeah, I mean, there, there, some spots yeah. could definitely be there. Yep. So it's basically saying seventy five percent. Yeah. That now, when they me. open, when they open, that's the. Is there any difference in in kind of you know the public bets it up or down? Um, can you kind of explain the opening setting this number? Yeah. How does right? that work? Minus one seventy five. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. So that that's nuanced. That's just going to be the book itself. And like, there's certain market makers. Like most books just copy off other books, and most of the lines originate offshore. Um, but so mm. usually the opening lines. It completely depends on the sport you're talking about. Comes with lower limits as well, especially you know in football, lower limits earlier in the week. Um, and certain you know same thing with UFC. So. Obviously, that means you can't necessarily trust the money as much coming in. You also have dumbing down of lines. Sometimes sharp groups or like um, or even uh, syndicates will bet a certain way to move it a certain way, and then just come in with more money when the limits rise on the other side, just to dummy up the oh, line. I got it. But basically, yeah. So the, the opening line will just be at the discretion wow. of the odds maker, usually copying another book, and then you know that's early on. You know, if this line opened minus one eighty five or whatever, uh, that was you know with lower limits, and obviously the the money they got plenty of mcgregor money to get to where they're at right now which is not a surprise at all dougie i still feel like i have a lot to learn about this stuff where where do we find your podcast and where do we find more information about this stuff as you as you broadcast as you kind of educate everybody on this stuff so it's you can find it on uh, on soundcloud and and um and apple podcasts the doggy juice podcast and also dimers.com they uh, they're my sponsor. They put up, uh, they post the podcast on there, and it's they're worth checking out as well because they have some really cool technology they do, and they they run simulations on games and offer predictions too, and they're oh. very accurate with them. But yeah, so I'm not, I'm just on those two. I know even maybe you, I think it was you guys that reached out to me. They're like, why are you not on Spotify? And really, that's just because I suck with technology. I need to set it up on <laughs> Spotify. And but yeah, you can also just Google the Doggy Juice podcast, and you could you should be able to play it on on the Google machine as well. But I I do need to make a point of getting this puppy out on. On every platform, I'll, I'll send you Fantastic. the link. Um, we use something called Transistor, where um, you post it, and then it posts it to every single place that uh, has a podcast uh, capability. Yeah, I've had guys approach me about doing it for me and stuff, and I just I feel like an asshole. I just like you know, it's just I, I want to be in control of everything, and then, then I'm just then comes down to me just that's being fair. just being too lazy to look up something like that or not having time and. Um, mm. but yeah, no, that's, that's good to know. I'll probably hit you guys up for that separately after we're done. But. Well, we appreciate all the time you took with us today. That was, this was awesome. Oh yeah. yeah we're hitting, uh, we hit an hour 15 here, bruh. Dude, it was fun guys. That flew by. I still yeah, got to eat breakfast. Flew man. by. <laughs> uh, yeah. would love to have you on again. Um, we can make this work. Um, we'll, uh, we'll check out the audio that you'll send over and then, uh, we'll post this. We'll find a way. Brah. 
And uh, Sounds good. we'll have the video too with this empty chair. Who we have, who, <laughs> who, who are we going out on today? Yeah, so um, Mike, you probably haven't uh, watched the prior ones. We like to go out on some local music here um, oh, in right the on. outro. Um, last couple ones have been Chicago Southside rappers, which I'm in many talks and deals with to get in one of these videos. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, – I do want to shout out Don Ghetto does have yeah, go go listen to Ghetto Babies, but we're gonna um, go out on my boy uh, Rio Peterson. He was in a, a play with me, American Idiot. He's a it's a crime, a damn crime that this guy's not you know a famous songwriter or uh, you know some some sort of like I feel like I was telling you Ed Sheeran should like hire him and just like take his songs. But. And, and it, it's P E T E R S E N, right? Uh, is that it? I think. I, I think it's P-E-T-E-R-S. Once you, once you type in, it'll be good. And uh, this song is called The Puppet. The and Puppet. And it's uh, quite good. So we'll go off that on the outro. Uh, Mike, thanks awesome. for joining thanks us, again, man. Mike. Thanks, dudes. Really appreciate you guys having me on. And I'll, I'll talk to you guys about bringing you on the Doggy Juice Pod at some point as well. Uh, oh. That'd be dope. And uh, also, if you if you, uh, if you you come across any, any gambling. Any sure uh, things. Yeah, any sure <laughs> things. Be sure to just uh, send us a quick message. Will do. You don't have to confirm that. <laughs> nah, tease it, tease it, tease it. Sounds All good, right, guys. Man. Thanks See for having me on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks again, Mike. Bye now. See ya. Cheers. Sinking in the drinks again. Getting what we said before. I will try to pretend nothing ever happened. But what we see infuses me despite the same. The only thing I didn't need was how you handled everything It's not that I'm adding for this to be one chance That we were so lucky and all of it was just a Lord.